Happy Wednesday, everyone, and welcome to the Libra Lounge with Keisha. Hope you guys are having a good week. Um, me and producer James have not gotten into a fight in the last, what, how many, where are we at? Wednesday night? Three days. That might be a record or something. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, but then again, I have been using um, CBD oil, so I may be just a little bit more calm, and I have more patience for producer James and all his bullshit that he be trying to pull on me. She's also sleeping a lot more. Yes, that helps. So basically, I have not been spending as much time with producer James. Therefore, when I do have to spend time with him, I guess I'm a little bit kind of happy to see him. I mean, it's good to know he's still alive and all that and, you know. <laughs> Thank you. Our fairy tale is uh, compelling. This ain't your average Cinderella story, people. Okay, so... We have a huge announcement. Um, the Libra Lounge, Lounge with Keisha has partnered up with Purple Pineapple Tea. We collaborated and created a new tea blend, and it is called Beauty Full. Look, this tea almost sold out completely this past weekend at our pop-up shop. It's got hints of pineapple, mango, and papaya. Um, and this is cute too. It is 100% organic badass. And it is so good. It has this beautiful golden hue. And to make it extra special, we have edible glitter that we put in it. And you'll sparkle all day. And you'll probably shit sparkles later that night. <laughs> Did you poop on the glitter? You were perhaps the worst salesperson ever. So someone did ask me, they're like, uh, so did you shit glitter? And I'm like, no, you digest it. Yes. I, my shit is filled with glitter, sparkles, diamonds, and all that good stuff. So yes, I'm very excited about this. It is good whenever I get a chance to work with one of my friends, the owner of Purple Pineapple Tea and I have been friends for like 16 years. She was there when I had my daughter. We remain friends. She's traveled all over the U.S. with her husband. They're Coast Guard. But for some odd reason, she's still putting up with my ass. So you know what? Now we're boss babes together. She came this weekend and did a pop-up shop. So a lot of our customers got to ask her questions about the different tea blends. How many teas do you think that we have right now that are purple pineapple? I, I think maybe 50 different blends. It's it's well over a dozen different blends yeah and they're all so good i mean i got to try some new ones this weekend and my favorite i have to tell you i know i'm promoting the beautiful tea which is super super good but the purple pineapple cafe oh my god it tastes just like a latte and for some odd reason i guess like when they were teaching about tea and stuff in school i wasn't there or i was asleep or i was probably talking to somebody i didn't know that tea had a lot of caffeine in it yeah. it just depends Oh, I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were talking about, oh, I can't drink this at night because then I can't go to sleep. Y'all know I'm half a crackhead. So, I mean, I can do crack, uh, drink coffee, drink tea, and still go to sleep with no problem. So, if you're interested in purchasing beautiful tea, um, you can go to the Sassy Class Boutique, which is my boutique, to the website, which is www.sassyclassboutique.com. This particular blend is sold exclusively here. Um, if you go to the Purple Pineapple Tea website, you will find the other blends, but you will not be able to purchase this one. But as always, you can purchase all of her tea blends directly from us on our website. We have them in store and on the online store. 
Um, and plus, you can also get, let's see, she's got teaspoons, uh, tongs, and don't forget about the edible glitter. Um, they come in pink and gold. Producer James likes the pink one. I'm not going to tell y'all why. I just, you know, he likes pink. I guess being married to me all these years, he just didn't have a choice. So, I mean, if you can't beat him, join him. True. Or get beat down. Also true. All right. So if you are a friend of the Libra Lounge, you know what time it is. It's time for The Gab. We know she has a really big mouth, which sounds kind of dirty. And that's probably true, too. Let's gossip The Gab with Keisha. All right. So, you know, not a whole bunch has been going on this past week with celebrities. Um, I mean, Donald Trump is still tweeting stupid shit. What what was it? Did he tweet something racist recently? I don't think it was racist. It was definitely xenophobic, I guess. How about it was not but appropriate for a president to tweet about? I don't disagree. Yeah, he uh, he's doing the most. But you know what? We're the ones who voted him in. R. Kelly. Oh, Kells, Kells, Kells. I hope that you got someone to read and write for you since you claim that you can't read to kind of let you know what those court documents say because your ass has been, been hit with like 20 charges. So let's see. We've already got the sexual assault. We've got the rape. Uh, here's something that's confusing. Like they have felony sexual assault and then sexual assault. I, I didn't know there was a difference. Um, I think they're all felonies. Uh, I think there's there's aggravated, and okay. then there's just sexual assault. And I really don't know the difference. Me neither, but he's got it. Uh, also, sex trafficking, crossing state lines to have sex with minors. He's got, I mean, you might as well just give it up, bro. Uh, go ahead, sign your rights for your music over to somebody else. Uh, I don't think he's going to be, you know, stomping in the name of love and uh, he ain't got to worry about the ignition no more. Um, I, I don't I don't know. You might want to keep it on the down low. I mean, Kels, your time is officially up. He was he went to court today and I'm sure he had the, sh the fucking surprise of his life when they actually shackled him when he went into court and they denied him bail. I'm pretty sure that he thought he was going to get bailed today, but they said, no, the devil is a lie. Which, you know what? It's time. I mean, I don't think that they need any more evidence. Uh, this is how you know shit gets bad. So, you know, sometimes whenever I post about a black celebrity being guilty of something, some of my Libra Lounge audience try to get j jump all on me. They're, you know, because they say I'm siding with the colonizers. I'm not protecting the black man and all this kind of stupid shit. Ain't nobody did that today. Mm -mm. Everybody's like, good. It's about time. Justice. So it's like, okay, we're all on the same page. Uh, and then, you know what? I'm sure somewhere in there, they probably have something about him, his failure to pay child support. <laughs> but I mean, that's the least of his problems. And that's just terribly ironic to me. Like, I, 
the only thing he could do for me right now is to kill die, himself. Die, drink himself, bleach, and die. Kill himself in a cell. Like, just that's the only honorable thing he could do anymore. But you know what the funny thing is? Most of the time, whenever um, a child molester goes to prison, they have to keep them away from the general population because there's prisoners who will kill them. I'm willing to bet that's not going to be the case for R. Kelly because he will go to prison, he will sing his songs, he will sing probably the ABC song and have all those other prisoners under his spell. He will have a boyfriend or two or three. He likes them young. So the younger ones, uh, you know what? Y'all going to be walking around with y'all's hand in our Achilles back pocket, walking around the prison grounds and shit like that. Um, but I, there's no way he's going to get out of this. There, there just isn't. No, there is no, there's no plea bargain. There's no good behavior. I mean, if even if one of these crimes actually stick, he's still he's yeah, done. it's still he's still gonna do some time. Yeah. yeah, he's done. And the funny thing about it is, so some of the women that uh, allegedly are his slaves that live with him, they're like, oh, we're gonna go to court to testify on his behalf. Um, so I, you know, he has to do time. He, you know, he, I put him right there with. O.J. Simpson and what's the guy that shot Trayvon Martin, Mark Zimmerman? George Zimmerman. George Zimmerman. Not that their crimes were similar in any sort of way, but I compare them solely because they could have collected their money, moved far, 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 far away from the States and lived great lives. But they never learn. Then they go right back to doing stupid shit. And then it eventually it's going to catch up with you. So that is the case with R. Kelly. Um, I, I don't think there's anything else to say. I mean, he done fucked up big time. I mean, black people have turned against him now, you know? That's true. Because you remember, like, the first time there were so many people who were still in support of him. Oh, a lot. I mean, he had women bailing him out of jail. Yeah, I think everybody's kind of realized, uh, mm, yeah, mm. maybe there's no miscarriage of justice It's a here. waste of money. Yeah, maybe you know? he's not really a social victim. Yeah. Maybe he's just a fucking creep. Yeah, I mean, if for some odd reason he got off, that would be a total miscarriage of justice. Producer James, didn't I sound real smart when I said that? You really did. I really did, didn't I? I yeah, yes, you didn't I say it. like a... Uh, miscarrying of the justice like you did pretty good <laughs> i did create a keishanism with that phrase right nope. there okay all right so moving along from r kelly so i'm convinced that if i were not married to producer james i would probably be married to another white man and it would be todd chrisley or i'm convinced that todd chrisley and i were siamese twins that were born and then you know they gave us the operation and separated us and we haven't been together since then he is my white spirit animal and i'm sure once he meets me and i'm sure we will meet todd we will meet one another he's gonna say she's my black spirit animal what that didn't sound too threatening at all we are going to meet todd i'm checking my i'm, I'm checking my phone right now todd I you will can not be text ignored, me at any Todd. moment, Todd. Don't make me boil a rabbit in your house, Todd. <laughs> okay, so I love Todd Chrisley. Um, you know, he was very successful in real estate, but everyone really got to know who he and his family were when they got the USA uh, reality show, Chrisley Knows Best. Um, it's, it's, it's so funny. Todd has got to be one of the pettiest and funniest people ever. He does have he doesn't have a filter. He says what he wants, but it's always 
funny. You know, my theory is you can say whatever you want, make the shit funny and you get away with it. So one of the things that a lot of people, you know, have not figured out, including myself, and you guys know that I am a social media stalker, the family drama that they have. Okay. So Todd was married before his current wife, his wife, Julie, and he had two kids. He had Kyle and Lindsay. And if you watch Chris Lee Knows Best from the very beginning, Kyle and Lindsay were on that show as well. So at some point, all of a sudden, they just kind of disappeared. They were no longer on the show, and the show just carried on. Um, you know, Kyle's daughter, little Chloe, um, who's, you know, if you don't watch the show, she's uh, – biracial and Todd and Julie are helping to raise her because Kyle allegedly, well not allegedly, he's been arrested for it. He's had all kinds of troubles with the law and with drugs. But the big one, the big question is why does their daughter Lindsay no longer associate with the family? Now, Lindsay, I listened to her podcast. Uh, she has a podcast with team mom, two star, uh, Kaylin Laurie It's called coffee combos and it's really, really good. I listen to it all the time. Uh, but she has really disassociated herself from the family. And whenever she's questioned about it, and this is just weird to me, she said that she just never felt like she fit in. But on the flip side, when she turned 18, because she lived with Todd and Julie, when she turned 18, she asked Julie, Todd's current wife, to adopt her. And she did adopt her. So I don't... I don't know what happened, but you know, I went back. I didn't start watching Chris Lee Knows Best until this year. Yeah, this year. Yeah. So I caught up on all of them. And it seems to me what the problem was is with Lindsay's husband. I can't even remember his name. Um, for one thing, they eloped. And Todd was not happy about that at all, which, you know, I can kind of understand because they're pretty close or they used to be a close family. Um, Lindsay's husband just, I, I don't know. He, he's kind of, yeah, yeah, I don't know. And I think that's the problem that kind of came in between Lindsay and her family. Um, they never fully, they never fully accepted her husband, but I think they tried to, you know, um, he just seems like he's totally different from the Chrisley family. So, you know, that is the million dollar question is what happened? Was there like a fallout did somebody steal someone's money? Did someone call someone ugly? You know, it's just weird. You know what I'm saying? That she no longer associates with her family. They don't even follow each other on social media. But on the flip side, Lindsay is a kooky character. She is um, germaphobe level probably eight and a half. Like she has a five-year-old son and soon as he comes home from school, he has to take off all of his clothes and immediately take a shower. She wants none of the germs from school to be brought into the house. I know, right? Wow. Does she like make him de-louse? And <laughs> she probably does. She probably has to create, she's like all about organic this, organic that. Um, she's pretty strict. She's very, very disciplined. I'll say that. Um, she, I mean, she's clearly nothing like Savannah and Chase, and uh, what's the little one's and, name? Garrison. And Todd's mom. Oh, Nanny Faye. <laughs> you can't tell me Nanny Faye, Nanny Faye don't have some black way down the line in her family history, okay? So I always, I try to do imitations of people. They're funny, but they're never spot on. So Nanny Faye's is, I'm gone. 
that is she's always telling him i'm gone um so yeah i, I hope that they can kind of reconcile you know what it's like to have major family issues producer james oh yes i do because of a spouse absolutely so and it's, it's hard because it it kind of in a way forces you to have to make a choice between your spouse and your family um and i and i think that's where Lindsay is and she's well she sided with her spouse you know and I kind of forgot, I missed a step. She and her husband, Will, that's his name. I couldn't think of it. Separated. Like, they have separated twice. Um, you know, almost, you know, divorce papers were filed. And then, you know, they kind of reconciled. And because that child support is a bitch, ain't it, Will? <laughs> I mean, you never know. Maybe they have a problem with him. And yeah, I think, that, no, that's what it is. Todd did not like him. Um, you, Will seems kind of standoffish. And just, he just didn't fit in, you know, and I, I think that caused a lot of problems. And I just don't think that Todd got over the fact that they eloped. But on the day, you know, but can you imagine Todd taking complete and to, to, just taking over someone's wedding, especially one of his daughters? Yeah, because I'm married to you. And that's exactly Whatever. what you do. I mean, I already have Scholar's wedding plan. She doesn't know any of the plans, but I have them all. I started planning when she was five. I'm surprised you didn't start planning when she was negative six. No, because I wasn't sure if I was going to have a boy or a girl. But I have ex I, I have expectations for her wedding. Oh, I know you do. I do. And I'm going to get my way. She's going to elope just to piss you off. I'm going to elope with him, though. You know she's not going to travel too far without me anyway. <laughs> so, moving right along. So, as we all know that every single movie is being remade or rebooted, whatever you want to call it. You know, the latest controversy was The Little Mermaid. They're remaking it, and it's going to be a live-action movie. And the role of Ariel is going to be played by a black actress. So, everyone was losing their fucking minds about that, which I think is totally dumb. Um, but how many, let's say this year, how many movies did they remake? Like everything is, I don't know. I think people are getting stupider and they can't come up with original ideas at all. Well, just look at Disney alone. I mean, you've got um, Aladdin. They Aladdin, did the Lion King, the Lion King. Um, well, they were going to do little mermaid. Yeah. Um, they did. Okay. So pet cemetery. It was pet another cemetery, movie. Yes. Um, there was a lot. There's been more and more every year. More yeah, reboots and, and the and, majority of them are god-awful. Yeah. They're, they're, they're just bad. Like, how do you fuck up something that's already been done? I mean, just copy it. You reimagine it. No. That's the problem. Their reimaginations are fucked up. Well, yes. I'm just saying. Uh, if you don't believe me, go watch the reboot of Nightmare on Elm Street. That was straight garbage. That is straight garbage with sewer juice in it and possums and rats living in that that trash dumpster it was it was just bad i mean it could not have been worse you know some of these remakes are just disrespectful but it did lead me to start thinking about if i could have a television show come back on what it would be so producer james what what would be on your list of shows to bring back well let's see you know what don't i mean don't be extra I'm just say your damn list say you two yeah. three show he pulled out a whole sheet of paper. You told me to write Why do down. you have a whole sheet of paper? Because I read from paper. That's what it's for. <sighs> Go All ahead right. and do your list. It's not many. Mm -hmm. uh, the first one, Alf. 
No. Yes. No. Why not? That, no. Why couldn't you do ALF today and not be a Muppet, but be a better character, a little more adult, not as kind of silly? I think ALF... See, and that is where people mess up at. You see... All the thing, all the things that were the essence of the show, you just said to take them out. I just said improve them. Okay, what's your next one? Married with children. No. Why, God? You why can't not? redo it. Well, I know you couldn't, but you asked me. Okay, go ahead. What's your next one? I would love for Married with Children exactly as it was, mm-hmm. the same level of crude humor, the same sexist, the same everything, because mm-hmm. it was hilarious. Okay, what's your next one? Um, there's some uh, animated shows. No. Oh. <laughs> Then why the fuck did you ask me anything? Because everyone you've said no to. Okay, so go to your next one. Uh, I would love to see Spawn the animated series come no. back from HBO. No. Why? Because no one watched it but you anyway. A ton of go people. Go to your next it. one. No, I don't have any more. Okay, so here's my list, guys. So I would bring back Ghost Whisperer. No. Which is my all-time favorite show ever, 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 ever. Um, I think I have every episode DVR'd, and everyone in the house knows not to delete it. They're like, she'll know as soon as we delete it. I don't care how much space the DVR has. You better not delete Ghost Whisperer. No. Anywho, Ugly Betty. No. It's Okay, so Ugly So mine are not reboots. Mine are continuations of the original shows. I don't want new characters. I want the same actors. You, we just have, you know, moved on in time a little bit. Okay, so you don't want them redone. I just want them brought back and continued. Okay, continued. Okay. 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 Because then, I'm sorry. Then let me say one. Oh, God. Go ahead. The X-Files. No. So, um, Ugly Betty, Prime Evil, which was a BBC America show, Prison Break. Okay, they did bring Prison Break back, but that shit was straight dumb. I want them to go all the way back and act like, you know, how many times can you go to prison and escape? You know what I mean? Like, you you can't. Like, get back to the original storyline and continue. Okay, uh, Hex, which was also a BBC America um, show. Don't laugh when I say this one, Producer James. Uh, The Worst Witch, which was so good. It was on HBO. They they redid it for Netflix and it was it was garbage, and I think yeah that's all of my shows. Oh okay, I've heard his feelings. He's being quiet. He has that stupid look on his face. <laughs> Were there any that you reached to watch that you thought? Oh wait, I forgot one. Oh okay, Felicity. Ooh. Yes, Felicity. That Ooh. that was my. Sh- Why don't you say Dawson's Creek? Felicity. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what were you going to say, Producer James? No, I was just thinking if there was shows that you used to watch that you thought ended way too soon. Yes. Okay, for example, Ghost Whisperer. There was no series finale. They filmed the last episode thinking that they would be renewed for another season, and then they didn't. So we never even got any closure or anything like that. You know, we both didn't name a movie I thought we, a TV show I thought we'd name. What? Grimm. Oh, but I think they are going to bring that back, and it's going to be um, his two kids. Yeah. That'd so, yeah, awesome. Grim was okay. really, really good. Yeah. So, all righty. When we get back from this break, we're going to have Erica Jensen talk talking to us about finances. Oh, God, I hope she doesn't judge me. Uh, I guess we'll see because I'm not good with money at all. We'll be right back.
Are you looking to lose weight, improve your posture, have muscle definition, increase flexibility, and reduce stress? If you answered yes, then Classic Bar with Sherry is the perfect invigorating and dynamic workout for you. Bar technique is extremely safe and is designed to stretch and tone with a splash of cardio. The method is the foundation of ballet with the flow of yoga. To learn more about Classic Bar, call Bar Instructor Sherry at 281-678-8037 or stop by the studio at Femme Fatale located at 689 FM 517 West, Suite 300, Dickinson, Texas 77539. Your first class is only $10, and if you mention the Libra Lounge with Keisha, you only pay half. Make sure to follow the studio at Femme Fatale on both Facebook and Instagram. You can also email Sherry at barandyoga at gmail.com. That's bar, B-A-R-R-E, and yoga at gmail.com. Industry regulations prohibit endorsements or testimonials for Respire Wealth Management LLC or any investment advisor representative. This interview is not considered an endorsement or testimonial. Investment advisory services offered through Respire Wealth Management LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Texas. This interview is not intended to offer services or market outside the state of Texas. All information contained in this interview is from sources that are believed to be accurate and reliable. However, listeners and viewers should contact their own financial professionals before taking any actions as all situations are unique. The content of this interview should not be considered tax or investment advice. For copies of any disclosures or information about Erica Jensen or Respire Wealth Management LLC, you may email info at respirewealth.com. All right. Welcome back to the Libra Lounge with Keisha. I just want to remind you guys to make sure you go to YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube channel and also go to iTunes and subscribe. And if you're feeling very charitable, give us a five-star review. Um, if you have something negative to say, just don't worry about it. Just, you know. No need to put it on there. So, yes, producer James will fire me if I do not continue to tell you guys to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Anything else about that? No, thank you. Okay. Alrighty. So we have Erica Jensen live in the studio with us tonight. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm good. I'm a bit nervous about our topic today. Yeah. Yes, it's one of those things people just don't like to talk about is uh, money. You're right. They now, don't. They so don't. How, how did you discover your talent for finances and investing? So I kind of grew up near it. It wasn't in the family, but I grew up close to my family's advisor, and he's the person that got me into the industry. Mm -hmm. And so we grew up fishing with him and spending a lot of time, and um, he was even, you know, he's, he's always been around right. and for our whole lives, as long as I can remember. And so I was around that, and then my my uncle was always interested in it. And I remember when my dad had gone back to school and my mom was working, staying at my grandparents' house and my uncle going through the back of the business pages mm. when they still showed the stock prices from the day oh, before wow. yeah, and teaching me how to read share prices and shares mm -hmm. and volume and everything. And so that's when I was really little, you know, mm -hmm. less than eight years old. And that's how I learned fractions and so that's, I still don't know fractions. <laughs> <I don't. laughs> well, you know, so give our audience an example of what clients can expect when they come to you or tell them why people come to you. So I am a professional investment manager, um, financial advisor, and people come to me either because they want help with just their general personal finances mm -hmm. Or they come to me because they need their investments managed and they mm -hmm. either can't do it or they don't want to because they don't have time. Right. So when people come to me for personal financial advice, mm -hmm. they've usually come to me because they've gotten to a point 
where they really messed things up. Right. And it's ideally better to go to a financial advisor to prevent that from happening. Mm-hmm. It's like getting your annual physical or going to the gym. You're kind of engaging in that preventative care. Right. And um, people don't seem to see financial advice the same way. So yeah. when so ideally I start a relationship with someone who wants to make sure that they stay in good shape mm-hmm. um, and help them from there. But I have resources for people who need help with personal finances, and mm-hmm. I charge them hourly for that if they're not doing investment management. Okay. And then, um, but most of my clients are investment management clients. Yeah, you know when producer James, you know, tries to sit me down, and he's tried many, 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 many times to go over our personal finances. It doesn't end well because I'm like rapport. And I'm like, we are absolutely dirt poor. Why are we poor? (laughs) And he's like, no, that's not. To me, it's just so not interesting. It's just like sitting in math class in school. (laughs) Um, So, and I hate to say it because, you know, I'm, you know, the future is female, female empowerment and all Mm -hmm. of that. But I'm like, oh, no, producer James does all the finances. I don't want to know about it. Um, he just tells me, watch your spending, and then I know. Well, it's but, not just women. It, I've oh, seen, there's I, see, oh, I see lots of couples where the roles reversed, where okay. the woman is in charge of the finances, and the man's like, I don't know what we have. Oh, we have yeah. a bank account there? or mm-hmm. yeah, So I run across that, too. I think more than being a gender thing, it's a personality thing. Yeah, I think that historically and definitely – Traditionally, mm-hmm. it's more the husband's role yes. and the women kind of took a back seat to it. Mm-hmm. But women more and more becoming more inclined or a lot of people have double income families mm-hmm. or there are a lot of girl bosses like you. Yeah. And so more and more women are taking a seat at that table, whereas right. in the past they weren't, but they need to. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> he's looking at me because this is something, you know, we don't argue a lot. I mean, we make fun of each other and rag on each other all the time. But when we get into arguments, it is about finances. Mm-hmm. And I'll admit that I'm horrible. I'll just walk away when he's talking about it. So money's the number one stressor for married couples. Mm-hmm. And there's no doubt about that. I run across my fair share of people. And sometimes it's just a matter of explaining to them how to create like a his, hers, and ours budget so they mm-hmm. can't rag on each other about like each other's spending or anything like that Mm -hmm. just making sure they get on the same page Mm -hmm. and that kind of prevents some of those things but it it the difficulty is that their personal finances are so complicated Mm -hmm. people don't know where to find the right resources and it's very easy when we have plastic we can swipe and we have lots of things goods and services we can consume and pay for Mm -hmm. and then next thing you know you're in the red every single month and that i think is the thing that stresses out most couples Mm -hmm. um when jeremy and i first when when we first got married we moved really far away and i remember we had like a growing dvd collection and we were going to the pub a lot and mm-hmm. we were spending all this money but That's then we the were all the fun stuff yeah. but then we were eating a lot of ramen and <laughs> 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 and i like to eat really good food and so mm-hmm. we would get in these arguments and he'd be like well it's my money too and so we would do one of those and eventually we had to start allocating cash like budgeting and saying yeah. okay here's our bills and here's how much cash we have to spend every week and we kind of had to start that way and i think for a a lot of families sometimes taking a step back and saying 
what's my income mm -hmm. and what are my expenses? Right. And my expenses should always be less than my income. Mm -hmm. And then calculate. So you calculate your bills, the things you know you have to pay to keep the power on, keep the house, you know, the roof over your head. Right to keep gas in your car. And then you divvy up and budget the rest and make sure you stay under it. Like our parents didn't have access to credit cards. Yeah. Grandparents didn't have access to credit cards. Yeah, it was cash. So if it got to the end of the month and they knew that rent was due or the mortgage was due, they were gonna have to stop spending yeah. before the end of the month. Now it's mm -hmm. so easy for someone to say, oh, well, I'll just swipe my credit card because that's not due till the next cycle, you yeah. know? And that, that puts people underwater. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, James has tried several different ways to budget us, including um, he did this thing where we do like the cash envelopes. Like mm -hmm. this envelope is for that. This envelope is for this. This is what you have because we sat down the one time that I paid attention to him when he was talking about finances. We were spending like $1,500 a month on eating out. Yes. And I was just like, damn, that's... Mm -hmm. That's, that's, that's a lot. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? That's someone's mortgage. Yeah. And we were spending it just on eating out, plus still doing groceries and all that good stuff too. Well, so. that's the problem too, is people a lot of times are well-intentioned. Mm -hmm. They'll go buy groceries because they think, oh, I'm going to cook this week. I'm going to be really good. I'm going to prepare meals. Because <laughs> that shit does not happen. No. So, no. so then what happens to those groceries? It goes bad. You like, throw it I, out. yeah, we do. Yeah. And so that's what I always tell people, especially people that have kids like mm -hmm. you and me, we get busy with sports right. or their stuff they have going on. It's like, be realistic with yourself. If you're not going to cook that mm -hmm. week, then just know you're not going to cook and don't right. waste time buying groceries and throwing all of it out because yeah. it's, you know, that is throwing money away. Yeah. You know, why do you think people are so afraid to talk about money? So I think that we're programmed to run away from saber-toothed tigers mm -hmm. right yeah. and only in recent history have we not run away from you know serious dangers that would have killed us yes and so our 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 brains find dangers to replace that mm -hmm. and so if we perceive that money is a bad thing because we have a bad relationship with money mm -hmm. then we have a tendency to either fight flight or avoid mm -hmm. right so just and which one do i do <laughs> all of them you fight <laughs> while avoiding it's amazing i've never seen it before in the animal kingdom <laughs> i just it's just it, it's hard it's like are we poor or are we rich which one are we and he's like well i think it, uh, what i run into a lot and other people is that with money there's this built-in accountability that all of a sudden it's somebody's fault Oh, right? God, yeah. Like, yeah. like, you spend X amount, well, then I should spend X amount, too. Mm -hmm. Or you had your hair done for 100 bucks, mm -hmm. and I did something else for 100 bucks, and that way we're sort of equal, but really not, because we just spent 200 bucks. Right. It, it's somebody's fault in the end, is how people seem to see it. Yeah. That's how I see it. Yeah, you don't... I'm like, he spent my money. <laughs> you don't want to see it as fault. And, and I definitely have ways that I've worked with people to get around that. So it's similar to envelopes, but you say, all right, this is how much each of us gets every week. Mm -hmm. And if I spend all my money, just blow it on whatever, the beginning of the week, and I don't have anything left for girls' night out on the weekend, right. then I made that choice and I've got to sit in, mm -hmm. right? If I know I have a trip coming up in a few weeks, then mm -hmm. I then if I'm using that cash system for budgeting, then I would have to set 
the money aside and spend a little bit less, a few mm -hmm. less lunches out, take mm -hmm. more sandwiches to work and mm. put that money aside. If I, I don't, I, I got my hair, my, my nails done for the first time in a couple of years and I haven't dyed my hair in years mm -hmm. because oh my, what? I know. Wait, what? <laughs> but Wait, you said you, oh. I haven't dyed my hair in years. And you haven't had your nails done in years? <laughs> Until a couple of weeks ago. Were, and, you, were you poor? Uh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> for, so for me, it's a trade-off. So I like expensive food and I like traveling. Yeah. And like, it's nothing for me and the husband to go drop a few hundred bucks at mm. a good restaurant in Houston, get wine you know like multiple courses yeah. and you know but your the but hundred dollar seafood tower to that nice <laughs> restaurant with your fingernails not done like yeah how does that go together like, nobody notices really they don't notice if i have Would i notice if i have clean fingernails and clear nail polish <laughs> on they won't they won't notice so i don't I don't worry about those things because for me it's a trade-off or like you know we we like to travel internationally and mm -hmm. those are our expenses but i realize that if i want to do those things then i can't spend money on the other mm -hmm. for you if you know having your beautiful polka dot nails is a priority yes it, yeah. it yeah it is a necessity like mm -hmm. there's no question about it like nails have to be done uh hair has to be done mm -hmm. Um, eyelashes have to be done. But you always look perfect. Because I get my nails done, <laughs> I get my hair done, I get my eyelashes done. I mean, those, for me, I almost look at it as it should be like uh, a business expense because no one's gonna watch the show if I'm up here looking like Boo Boo the Fool. You know what I mean? They're gonna talk about me like, bitch, like, shut up. Like, look at you, you're not together. And I can't imagine not getting my, my nails done. No, I understand. And we, my sister and I were talking about this. Do you get your nails done, sister? No. no. Never? Never. We did. We did still from like two weeks ago. So. Oh. I and my sister's offset. So if anybody's like, where's the ghost? <laughs> do you color your hair? No. I mean, I do it myself. Oh. Okay. Take notes, Keisha. No, notes. I can't write. I can't read. I'm R. Kelly. I can't do none of that. I'm illiterate. I, I can't do it. Okay, so now that I'm not, I'm, that's shocking to me. I must say. But you understand the trade-offs. I don't. I don't trade right, so, off. Well, but there's something else that you're not able to spend money on, or there's something else that you choose not to do, so that you can go do the other things. No. Like, no. Yeah, she hasn't learned that part. No. Everything no. is mandatory spending. It's all mandatory yeah. spending. Yeah. Much. Yeah. 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 And I know that's bad, but he even told me a couple of weeks ago I've been doing a lot better mm -hmm. with my extra spending. That's right. Good. Because I'm here in this goddamn boutique, I'm a slave. I can't, I can't, I can't go out on lunch dates anymore. You're so busy. Because I have to be here, and I'm yeah. like, yeah, because we don't do shit. We work and we go home here lately. Mm -hmm. So, um, okay. So let me ask you, what are the three biggest mistakes that people make when investing? So, um, I think the the key one would be that they don't seek out help until they need help. You mean like the financial help? Yeah. Okay. So people usually are in a pretty big pickle before they say, before they start Googling, what does a financial advisor do or where mm. do I find a financial advisor? People, and normally they're looking for the wrong thing. So a lot okay. of times people don't know, people actually need credit repair or they actually just need to figure out how to budget. Mm -hmm. They don't need a financial, a financial advisor. Yeah, right. right. Um, and so the next thing people, the other big mistake people do is they don't budget. Mm -hmm. If you don't budget, if you can't do the math mm -hmm. for the income minus expenses, mm -hmm. 
um, and income minus expenses should always equal a positive number. Okay. And if you, if people can't do that math, then they can't save and they will end up with debt. And so that's, I think that's really four things, but. Well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because you know, like for me, I'm not a financial person at all. Um, I have my talents. That's not one of them. Mm-hmm. I just kind of leave it all to him. Um, you know, and but this year we made a big investment, which was to open um, a boutique. And I love your boutique. Thank you so much. I do Sassy spend money. Boutique. I do spend money in your boutique. Yes, she does. Um, <laughs> including she was here for the grand opening and um, spent money that day as well. That's right. Um, so we made an investment, but we didn't want to be in debt. So people ask me all the time, well, did you get a loan? I'm like, uh, no. Mm-hmm. You know, we now this is one time we actually did agree. If we don't have the cash for this, then we're not going to get it mm-hmm. because, I mean, Skylar's about to be a senior and then there's college, mm-hmm. you know. So um, I'm like, I don't want to be in debt because of this boutique. Well, and you and I have talked about your business model, and I think you did it the right way, whereas a lot of uh, – Well, you yeah. you have impeccable taste, James. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in everything lo- in life. I love those dresses. Especially women. That you um, picked out. <laughs> Um, yeah, I like someone was asking me about a business plan. They were asking Mm -hmm. advice. I'm like, Oh, my James, do we have one of those? Yeah. I don't know. It's just that something he's good at, but he can't pick out the the decor or Mm -hmm. advertise. That's all me, you know? So it's kind of balance a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Well, so I think the business plan is key because Mm. if you don't know what your cash flow is going to look like Mm -hmm. right where where does your inventory come from did you pay for that inventory do you own it or are you giving people space Mm -hmm. are you you know how are you making money and when you sit down and look at that especially with regard to retail people can end up with a warehouse full of inventory that's not selling that's not moving really easily and Mm -hmm. so retail is kind of a scary thing to get into and if you don't have the right plan Mm-hmm. Then, and if you don't know who your customers are, you're you're clearly targeting a specific a surfer, kind yeah. of person mm-hmm. with your aesthetic and the way you've curated everything. And right. I think that is important to your brand and to your business. And that's something that I see a lot of businesses don't do. Right. So you were. I know there was a show on Netflix that you watched, and it was about uh, professional athletes who lost all of their money. And you said there was one guy who, I mean, he spent all of his savings on an investment that was horrible. Yeah, there was a few of those, but the one that was the best example was uh, uh, Kurt Schilling, who was a World Series pitcher, made millions, and he wanted to make a video game. Mm-hmm. And he invested, 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 delivered it. It didn't sell. It was awful. It was half-finished, and he ended up being broke. I mean, to the point that he had to sell his socks that he wore during the World Series, he got hit by a ball and bled into his sock. He sold the bloody sock for like sixty grand just to help something along. Like so many bad investments those guys made, including the person who invested in buying someone's dirty, bloody socks for sixty thousand dollars. Well, people do weird World stuff. You've heard about like the underwear vending machines and stuff like no. that. Like there's oh in Japan, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like dirty underwear. Yeah. Oh, you can sell dirty underwear. There's I mean, an economy. There's, point there's a like market that. for everything. So there's. Let me write this shit down <laughs> right now. Like, I need to save, get into that. Save and bag dirty underwear. Exactly. So, yeah. That's crazy. 
That's just rude. So no, I you know we we had a family member who was a professional football player, and mm-hmm. he um, played for a long time. And um, th- there was an article. There are multiple articles out there, so it's all public knowledge that he. Uh, got into big financial trouble because he invested in a fried chicken chain you know so there's like the athletes hard one and athletes have people coming at them from all Uh angles and they're surrounded by entourages of people that they think that they trust and i think that it segs into like the the idea of relationships Mm -hmm. so many people be like no i have a really good relationship with this person but there was a baseball player that i met with one time and i was reviewing his account and it was multi-million dollar account Mm -hmm. but the advisor that he had was buying these really expensive front-end loaded mutual funds in his account and then selling them every few years to generate another front-end load fund in different fund families which Mm -hmm. i know that all sounds like greek but basically the guy was popping his friend actually the guy was the guy was popping his friend for huge fees and i remember Mm. asking that that you know the the guy i was like so how how old do you know this person who's your advisor and he's Mm -hmm. like we've been friends for years we're supposed to go hunting this weekend i was like okay maybe don't bring this up while you have your hunting Uh, rifle yeah yeah. just in case shit goes south real quick yeah so they you know these guys are they have it and it doesn't matter anybody that makes money like our our dad was a dentist and Mm -hmm. i talk sometimes at the dental school and i've those guys the day they graduate people are showing up in expensive cars asking them for their money so that's that's, crazy yeah no one does that to me so i guess they know i'm poor (laughs) like that bitch is broke we're not asking her for anything so you know um i come from an education background do you think that high school should do a better job of preparing students for finances god yes i think that the it it it's really frustrating to me because kids come out and they know nothing about real world yeah. finances. Mm-hmm. So there's, I think home economics more than anything should be a requirement mm-hmm. um, because I think kids should come out knowing how to do laundry, mm-hmm. knowing how to boil an egg, mm-hmm. um, knowing how to store leftovers and knowing right. how to grocery shop on a budget yeah. and knowing how to keep a household budget um, or you know, that they have to prepare taxes. And those are all things that people learned in home economics and it's most people don't take it anymore and most schools offer it as an elective but that's it and i think that's really missing because then people get out of school and they either don't know how to do those things or they hire someone to do those things and like how to sew a button on or you know what i mean like those are all (laughs) so produce i don't even know how to thread a needle well, but see that that's the thing. And could you do not a boil an egg? Like yep. a, like actually boil an egg? Or do you just like turn it on and boil it and then it, until it's hard and then it's that's done? That's <laughs> what everybody does, right? Well, no. I mean, that's, that's like not how everyone does it. How long should you boil an egg? I have no idea. See? Yeah, so it but the, this is but this is the thing is most people come out of school and they don't know how to do these really basic things. Yeah. And I, I can agree with that because I didn't know how to grocery shop until I was like 31. Well, and most people don't know, like you could, you you can buy one piece of meat and stretch it for multiple meals or right. you can, and it's just, so people come out of school and they don't have basic life skills. Right, and yeah. that I think is missing along with the personal finance piece. Oh, I'm not liking I mean, this interview so- at all, Erica. <laughs> I'm the worst. <laughs> so I feel like you're just, you're, you're staring at me. You're talking about me. I feel like when I look at you, you're like, you're a bitch, start, you know I'm talking about you, I'll right? start looking at James. <laughs> well, I was lucky in that my mom did that. 
So, you know, I'll give a shout out to my mom. She made sure that I knew how to do laundry, how to cook, how to do all of that. I can sew, I can repair my own clothes. I can do all of that because she felt like her job was to make sure I knew how to do that. When I go up to college, I won't be hungry, broke, you know, without clothes and a wreck. Mm -hmm. So I wonder how much it's a school responsibility and how much it really needs to be family responsibility. It needs to be a nice combo of both. I mean, when you and I first moved in together, I mean, just list off the things I couldn't do. Can I list the things you could do? Sure. Easier. You could look cute and get on my ass. List over. And I've got the ill nana, so that's why he keeps me around um, because, you know, it's pussy control right there, correct? At one point, it might have been. I hate him so much. (laughs) Okay, so how, you know, would you, how do you encourage women to take more control of their finances? Um, so I try to explain to them what happens if they don't. They, mm. they need to at least know where things are. And the bigger piece of that is um, nobody likes to talk about what happens when the person who does control the finances isn't there. Because mm-hmm. we don't like to imagine our lives without that person. Right. And so I get to have all those really fun conversations with people. That's why you love sitting next to me. <laughs> yeah, because um, someone asked me not too long ago, like who we use for um for electricity i have no idea yes someone asked me well how much is your light bill i don't i don't know i just know that i it is a requirement that it stays on 67 or things get really shitty and bad and everyone's pissed off at me because once i get hot you know that temper goes way up fast every time i because I have to travel internationally for my job sometimes. Every time I do, I prepare a file for her and make sure it's emailed to her with every, all the information of what happens if my plane goes down. Here's the, you know, break glass emergency file. That's good. But that's good that you have that. So my question. I wouldn't know how to find it, though. I emailed it to you. Oh. Usually when he emails me, I just like, eh. <laughs> So James, James, you got to find somebody that knows where to where to find the information for Keisha if something happens to you. <laughs> I may have to trust her teenage daughter more than the, the probably because Skyler's like forty five years old. She's older than me. She's more mature than me. Yes, that tell Skyler. Yes, that is a grand idea right there, producer James. Um, yeah, I, I'm one of those people, and I know some people. It's surprising to them because I'm so, you know, in your face. And but when it comes to finances, I don't I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, people have to ask the question. So, you know, what happens if um, if there's no one there to take care of me or to mm-hmm. make sure that all of this isn't done? And right. that's something that every family has to figure out a solution to differently. It's mm-hmm. unique with some. But, I mean, I've run across people, like I, I was doing a seminar one time, and there was an elderly lady in the audience. And at the end, it was it was almost like I'd planted her there. She, like, stood up, and she looked around at everybody else in the room. She's like, listen to what she's saying. Mm-hmm. And her husband had passed away a couple of years before, and she went around town writing hot checks because she thought that the checkbook mm-hmm. she had, that she was authorized to write checks on it. Her name wasn't even on the account, wasn't on the the checkbook she just thought she could still write checks and stuff was going to get paid and it you know it she had no idea and she had to go live with her adult children until they could iron everything out because things weren't in order and she didn't ask questions and she didn't know what was going on and so it's really important to heed that warning because although we don't like to think about the what ifs yeah 
you're gonna feel better and have less stress if you prepare. Yeah, she's she's talking directly to me again. But <laughs> producer well, James. Well, and it's not even as extreme as somebody dying. Like, no. Just just imagine losing a job for six months, mm -hmm. or just imagine uh, being injured um, or divorced. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, how many people do you see that are really living in a house of cards? when they first come and talk to you. Well, we always see something rosy on the outside, mm -hmm. right? And you never know what's on the inside. But also people always think, oh, my life is perfect. This is great. I don't know what's going on. And then they just get blindsided by something. Mm -hmm. And so you don't know. Somebody could have an accident. There's tons of stuff that could go wrong. Just prepare. You know, don't live in doom and gloom or like set up shop in a bubble. Mm -hmm. But, you know, go enjoy life. But just be prepared for what could happen and make sure you ask questions and know where things are or be very, 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 very wealthy. When we get back, we're gonna talk some more with Erica Jensen about finances. We'll be right back. Hey guys, it's Keisha, the host of the Libra Lounge with Keisha podcast and web series. If you follow me on social media, you know that The Million Harris is one of the sponsors of the show. I've told you all about the great hair products for both men and women that they have, but I wanted to give you an opportunity to actually see some of their hair bundles. Here they are. What I did was I ordered both 20 and 22 inch Malaysian bundles and a frontal from the Million Harris and took them to my stylist and had her make this unit. Yes, this is actually a lace front unit made from the bundles I purchased at the Million Harris. I usually don't wear this much hair extensions, nor do I wear it this long, but I really, really love it. The hair feels amazing. It looks great. I've been getting compliments everywhere that I go. So make sure to go to her website or stop by the shop and get your order on. She's got hair products, bundles, and mink lashes. Make sure to use my discount code LIBER20 for 20% off your total purchase. All right, welcome back to the Libra Lounge with Keisha. I have Erica Jensen. What is your official title, financial advisor or? Yeah, I'm a financial advisor. Okay. I, I own an investment advisory practice and um, I'm the president of that. Okay, you're gonna tell them the name of it? Sure, yes. <laughs> so I own Respire Wealth Management okay. and my office is over in Kima in okay. Watergate Marina. Okay, so you know, we just started, I mean, we've had businesses and we still have the same ones, but opening up a storefront is a completely different beast. Um, what is the number one best piece of advice you would give to someone who's thinking of starting a business? So I think obviously having a plan and mm -hmm. that's something that we talked about and I cannot emphasize the plan enough because you need to have a you need to have both your plan for the first few years and some mm -hmm. kind of projected cash flow and how you're going to get there but also have an exit plan and um, then ongoing planning every year or two just to say where are we and what can we do better and how mm -hmm. are we going to market next year so constantly planning but not getting lost in the weeds too much that'd be the the big advice I would give people yeah, because I actually did a podcast and it's called Starting a Business When You're Broke. Mm -hmm. And I probably didn't give the audience the best advice, um, but I did tell them how not to get in debt. You know, I, I, I said, look, some of my businesses put money into the other businesses. Mm -hmm. You know, that's just how it is unless you do take out a loan, which I just didn't want to do that at all you know mm -hmm. i'm like if it fails it, it fails but we won't be in debt you know because of it mm -hmm. um the biggest thing right now including for us is uh, a lot of parents are getting ready for their kids to start college yes um how can parents avoid 
that debt for themselves and for their kids. So if their kids are about to start college, then it's probably too late to avoid the debt if mm -hmm. they haven't already saved. But the best thing people can do is to start really early. Like mm -hmm. with everything, you you know, planning takes a long time and we don't often foresee 18 years in advance. Like right. When Skylar was little, you probably weren't thinking like, oh, I should start saving for her mm -hmm. college. Um, nobody really. I, I wasn't thinking that last year. <laughs> no, but nobody wants to do that. Everybody wants to. They want to spend it now. Yeah. They want to kick the can down the road. Mm -hmm. They want gratification now. No yeah. long term reward. And so it's totally normal. Mm -hmm. Like everybody is exactly the same way. It's the it's the this odd man out that's doing what they're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. um, so you're you're the norm, just mm -hmm. like everybody else. And so what I would say is start as early as you can. If it's too late, then there are lots of options for people. Um, you can seek out counselors that help people to get into different kinds of schools mm -hmm. where maybe that child is a more competitive student. Mm -hmm. And so they might be eligible for more grants and um, financial aid or scholarships than right. they would be eligible for elsewhere. So mm -hmm. like if your kid has their heart set on, let's say A&M or UT, right. but their grades weren't that awesome, maybe they need to go to a smaller school, mm -hmm. or maybe they need to wait a year and go to community college and bring those grades up and then transfer in, and there's still opportunities for them to get scholarships. Uh, my husband was in the military, so he had the GI Bill, right. so that was really great for us. A lot of people don't realize you can even go into the military after college and get your college repaid. A lot of people. No, I've never even heard of that before. Yeah, absolutely. That can happen depending on what you know career field you're going into. Um, a lot of teachers mm -hmm. can get some of their college repaid if they teach at certain types of schools. Okay, so, like the ones in like the very bad ghetto where you know they have security and um, there's crack deals on the corner and there's people selling CDs out of their trunk in the school parking lot. Well, but those kids, in a, a lot of times, it's harder for those schools to attract teachers. Yeah, yeah, and it is. So it's a really good incentive because it, those, it's, for some of those kids, it's hard to break the cycle if they yes. don't have the right people in front of them teaching them, believing in them, mm -hmm. and mentoring them. And so those types of programs are there to try to encourage teachers to go work at those schools because those schools really they need, need yeah. yeah, they really need it. Um, so do you think that student loans are a trap? I don't think they're a trap. I think that college is a trap for some people. So mm -hmm. I think not enough people are going to trade school. A lot, Not yes. enough people are looking at associate's degrees and professional certifications. Mm -hmm. There are lots of great programs that people can get into, welding schools, um, process operating certifications. There's San Jack has a popular maritime school mm -hmm. where one of my friends is a teacher. So all these different avenues that people can take to go get degrees that aren't four-year degrees. Yeah. And I think one of the problems is that colleges, although they're not considered businesses they're considered nonprofits they're still businesses they're still yeah and they can keep raising tuition as long as people are still able to borrow and mm -hmm. then they can give people bullshit degrees mm -hmm. where the people the kids come out and they can't find jobs or they're earning uh, a philosophy terrible, major <laughs> terrible wages history uh, yeah. major <laughs> so there there are philosophy majors and history majors that make good money but but how did they get there? Yeah, and then they're As stuck. Them. You know, like you have to teach history or work at a museum or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they go for years and years and years without yeah, we spent getting the, a good uh, job. We spent the 1970s and 80s with that uh, work smarter, not harder mm -hmm. mentality where, you know, the uh, school counselor would show you a picture of two people, one person with a shiny college degree, the other guy, a uh, greasy mechanic, and say, well, which one do you really want to be? 
Well, how about the one that's actually employed? Employed, yeah. yeah. With a job mm-hmm. and a career as opposed to, yeah, a, a four-year degree for a job that doesn't exist. Yeah. And borrowed money that you don't know how you're going to pay back because you right. don't have a job. Right. And, yeah, I'm I'm very much a big supporter of trade vocations and, you know, practically applicable education. Well, so like, for example, a lot of people don't realize that with discount tire company, I'll give them as an example, they're, they're not publicly traded. It's a family owned business. Every single person who manages a discount tire store mm-hmm. at one point in time was changing tires. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's, they, they promote everybody from within. And mm-hmm. so, and they have a lot of different professional development programs for their employees. So a lot can be said for working your way up in something, right. apprenticing somewhere in a trade. We have a friend who's a plumber. He's got a beautiful family and great home and he just works hard. Right. There are lots of things that people can do that don't involve going and getting student loans Mm -hmm. where they can go to college, they can come out and they can do well. And I think that colleges should be held accountable for these programs are constantly creating new degree plans Mm -hmm. to attract new students in. And then they don't have any programs for career placement. Right. And they should have some kind of scoring. I was in the Forbes article. I don't know if you had a chance to look at that. That was, (laughs) uh, they they were asking me what I thought. Oh, Erica. So, She's a bag of laughs, isn't she? She asked me to read Forbes. No. Well, that's all right. I'll send you the article. I bet so you will. If it in the article, they, you know, I, I mentioned to them, I think colleges should be held accountable. If they if they're graduating a certain number of people and those people are not finding careers, mm-hmm. if they're not helping them with some kind of job placement from those degree plans, then it should be harder for people to borrow to get those degrees. And yeah. so you, yeah, can yeah. you tell people uh, just one second, just so I don't want to forget this question. Can you tell people um, the things that can happen if you don't pay off your student loan? I don't think that people realize the long list of shit that is fucked up if you don't pay back that loan. Well, yeah, your student loans, a lot of people are under the impression that if they don't pay off their student loans, that it's not going to matter, but it can mm-hmm. it can completely destroy your credit for a really long time and yeah. it can sit there. And people, you have to pay a lot of money out for mm-hmm. credit repair if you're not repaying those. Um, a lot of people will try to like repay little bits at a time, but mm-hmm. they're actually don't know that they're creating a bigger problem for themselves, make right. it linger for longer. Um, and the other thing is too, that I think with people, a lot of parents will take on those loans or they'll co-sign for those mm-hmm. loans. And sometimes their kids weren't ready for college mm-hmm. and that those parents may not really have the means to, con- the means to continue repaying those or, right. you know, people's personal student loans. So, you know, um, it's a lot of jobs now. They they have access to find out if someone has paid off their student loan, right? You could possibly not get a job. Well, I think some jobs, depending on what it is, will actually they'll check your credit, right? And so they'll look to see what's there, and it could be student loans or it could be credit card debt. You never know what it could be, but yeah, student loans absolutely can affect you for the long term, and it's right. you know people will take them out constantly and then not finish things, and the lenders have they've got number crunchers, people that mm-hmm. you know. People that work behind the scenes, work behind the, the curtain that are deciding how many people they can afford to have defaults, mm-hmm. right? So we can afford to have this many people fail to repay their loans and we'll wow. still be okay. And well, but on top of that, and what people don't also realize is that student loans are the only loan that is actually federally enforced. You can't bankrupt out of a student loan. It's the same as the IRS. Mm-hmm. It, there is no way to get out of that debt ever because it's actually federally enforced, right? Yeah, so some some of them are. There are some that are backed by the government, and then there are other, like Sally Mae-backed loans, and then there are other ones that are, you know, private um, institution loans. 
so they they're all treated a little there are two different types at least that i can think of and they're treated differently from each other but they definitely both stick to your credit report and you want to make sure they get paid and they can they can keep you from being able to borrow for a home mm -hmm. for a car and there are people that have them for years there are people my age that still have you know loans from when they started college half a lifetime ago right and yeah well, plus the cost of college i think has gone up uh about a thousand percent since 1978 or 1980 it's the fastest inflating financial model of anything ever in the history of human beings it, it doesn't inflate the same as normal inflation so i think that the normal cost of college inf or cost of college inflates about eight percent per year versus our normal inflation rates that's usually inflation is somewhere around you know two and a half to three percent depending on where we are in history but mm -hmm. that's significantly higher for college and, and they do that because they can continue asking for more and lenders will continue to lend right and it's a vicious little cycle mm -hmm. okay so what items should a person have in order in case of an untimely death and, and that's one of the things that people don't like to think about so you know our dad passed away a couple mm -hmm. weeks ago that's mm -hmm. um and we had his funeral and everything and he was young um 60 mm -hmm. younger than he expected to be passing away right and so we've been dealing with this and then you know one of my girlfriends passed mm -hmm. away um when her funeral was the week before yeah. dad passed so it's been a rough summer yeah um so the big thing i would say is um know how to get into every account mm -hmm. where it is what the account number is what the phone number or the address of the institution is if there's a contact there have that um have all those details mm -hmm. uh know the numbers and contact details for creditors okay um for insurances that's a big one make sure you know where all your insurances are especially life insurance that's mm -hmm. very important yeah but if you kill your spouse <laughs> do not contact the insurance life insurance company the day after the funeral no wait about a month at yes. least before you do that let that's the, how episodes of snap happen you know, the, i'm just saying let the body get cold yes at least okay so i know yeah. you have something that you created yes. and it's called the love letter is that the well, right? Well, that's what we affectionately call it. And we, okay. like Colleagues of mine and I have been calling it that for years. And the basically, it's a, a template that you've created, mm -hmm. and people go in and they fill it out, and it provides all of that information that you just stated, and more. Well, so you've already established that if I asked you if you know what you had, you'd be like, Psh, I don't, I don't mm -hmm. know, right? Mm -hmm. But for James, James, if I said to you, list off everything that you have, right now would you be able to do it honestly yes really everything yes. you wouldn't miss a single thing he's ocd okay all right i wouldn't well, miss a single thing of value or something you'd have to deal with yeah all right I, I can't name every item in my home but i can name every account account number credit card number uh i that's that's just okay me. well i wanted those special ones you ruined my example so thanks you can don't use don't me, use me. <laughs> if, yeah, if use me because like james's love letter he would have all the accounts you know what bills what companies life insurance it. all of that and mine would be like you better not marry an ugly bitch and you better not let that bitch hold my dogs that would be my love letter 
Um, and you better not get married until you're 99. Or I'm gonna hunt you from the grave. Uh, that would be my love letter to him. Well, so if, yeah. but if I if I gave you the list and you, you've seen the yeah, list, yeah, it's long. I gave you the list. Yeah. If you had to, mm-hmm. I know you probably wouldn't, but mm-hmm. if I if you had to, mm-hmm. you could go through it and you could fill it out. And it would be easier for you to have that there as a checklist. Like if you if it were if that list were in front of me right now, would I be able to fill it out? Yeah. Inaccurately, yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, it would everything would be wrong. Everything was put every answer would be ask James. So the point of the list mm-hmm. is that so you're not having to rack your brain and think, what do I have? Mm-hmm. Instead, you've got this list here, and it looks lengthy, but it's made that way so that you can say, yes, I have that. Here's the information. Mm-hmm. Or, no, I don't have that. Where can I find it? Right. And then it has note sections where I can put notes like, I need to talk to someone about this, or I mm-hmm. need to figure out what this is. And there's a date where you can put where you've completed the first time, and then mm-hmm. just go back and review it every year or so. Okay. And so that's a big one. So you want to have a will. You want to have that. You want to make sure your beneficiaries are always up to date on retirement accounts. Um, you want to update wills periodically. So mm-hmm. one of the things that was funny to us is that when we were going through our dad's stuff, we found his original will. Mm-hmm. And I have uh, two siblings, there are three of us. And we had, when we were little kids, he created the will. Mm-hmm. And he initially said they can have their inheritance starting at age 25. Mm-hmm. But then once he saw what we were going to be like, like, we became teenagers. He changed right? it. He changed it so that we couldn't get to it until later. Right? So, because he's like, this isn't going to work out. Yeah. So, it's giving him way too much way too soon. Yeah. So he went back and changed it so that we couldn't get to everything. But the other thing is, too, so what a lot of people don't know is retirement assets bypass, like, the whole estate probating process mm-hmm. that goes on with the county. And retirement accounts, as soon as you have a death certificate, it's one of the fastest things that you can get to. So always have your retirement beneficiaries up to date and then always review them often. And the story that I always tell is one of the saddest ones I ran across. And it was a guy who passed away on vacation with his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And he was in great shape. He died. He had a heart attack while he was swimming. Mm-hmm. And and his wife was very pissed. Well, <laughs> no, they were divorced. They were, they, oh. But they'd been divorced for like five years. And I thought surely he's going to marry this girlfriend because she was great. They were very in love and they still had a good relationship with the wife. Um, there were no hard feelings, but he didn't intend for all of his retirement assets to go to her. And so when they got back, he'd never updated his beneficiary. So that becomes a whole different legal can of worms when that happens. Mm-hmm. And it's best just to have everything updated the way it's supposed to be. So, but, but the girlfriend would not be entitled to anything, right? Right. Yeah, because it's funny because producer James and I were engaged and that year that we got married, let's see, I got diagnosed with lupus. That was when planes were like literally falling out of the sky and uh, Malaysian, you know, that was that whole big thing. And he was having to travel to Malaysia. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's like, uh, we're going to the courthouse mm-hmm. because I rather if something happens to me, I'd rather you be my widow and not, oh, my fiance. You know, he changed everything around and mm-hmm. all of that. Um, he came back. So I really didn't get to capitalize or, you know, collect any of those benefits or anything like that. Um, so, yeah. Am I still your beneficiary, James? Yes, you are. Okay. Well, so, sure. so technically, in retirement account, anybody could be your beneficiary. So, like, the mm-hmm. girlfriend could have been. If, if he wrote it. If it, she'd yeah. been named. But right. he'd never updated it because he'd worked for the same company forever. So, when he got divorced, 
he dealt with all the divorce settlement stuff mm -hmm. and his wife got her portion of the retirement and everything but he never changed the beneficiary on the remainder of it so did and the ex-wife give any of that money to you go girl because i wouldn't have been like, if he ain't change it this is how he wanted it to be <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean this right. was his last what this is what he wanted he wanted me to have all this money so. i knew he always loved me exactly <laughs> he never got over me okay your name is not on anything it is still my name so but that sucks yeah you know so one of the other issues we had is like um our dad had a safe and it's like mm -hmm. a like we had to have a commercial safe cracker come because there's like a if you when you get into it if you don't drill it in the right spot it like self locks itself and then you have was that to... you on Facebook looking for a professional yeah, yeah. I saw that post you were I yeah. was like what Ooh, he he's trying to commit crimes he didn't tell any of us I was trying to put together a team for a heist yeah so. right oh, no, <laughs> no, so... I would be part of that right yeah, there. yeah I know you would be <laughs> so no so we were we were trying to get in and we we had sheets of numbers we'd tried and everything and if they drill in the wrong spot there's a mechanism where if they hit the wrong thing it activates this lever and then the safe can never be opened without being Ooh, wow. like welded so we had to get a commercial safe cracker to come in and open it's bolted into the foundation like you you could only haul it out with like a tractor trailer it's it's like this thing's stupid and the will was in it so you had to get in there yeah so no have make sure somebody knows how to get in your safe or like where the will is we know where it was we just right, couldn't get couldn't to get it. Into it um have a will make sure it's updated make sure beneficiaries are up to date on life insurances retirement accounts get an attorney in advance tell your family how you want them to handle all those things right. like that that's in plan your funeral in advance that's okay now wait a minute helpful. erica it's yes. about time you talk about something that i yeah. know about Okay. okay, so everyone knows I want to be cremated. Okay. Okay. But uh -huh. I have instructed Skylar mm -hmm. my ashes are to be made into jewelry for her. I was going to ask you if they were going to like mix them with glitter or something. Yes. I, I told her there would be enough of me since I'm, you know, large and in charge, thick and juicy. She can have a couple of pair of earrings, <laughs> she can have a couple of necklaces, some bracelets. And maybe one good ring. So you're gonna have her compress you into diamonds? Uh, yeah, of course. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I told her I want you to wear them every day. Every day. Every day. Every single day. So I mean, that's one thing that. But it, don't you think that could be weird? Like, what if she gets a like? What if you're gone mm -hmm. and she's like having sex or something, and mm -hmm. she's like, "Oh God, mom's there." Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I'll, I'll be whispering. If it's only that big scholar, it's really not worth it. So, you know, do what you got to do. You know, um, so it was funny because producer James, uh, this was a while back. I think his dad was talking about updating his will and stuff like that. And he was like, Keisha, his will, if he had died that day, custody of me in my 30s would have been given to Mama Opal. So, like, it was still, it was that old from when they mm -hmm. were kids, you know. It would have been given to my grandmother who had already who passed. Had already passed away. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they had to update everything. Yeah, so um, yeah, and one thing, you know, you talked about, for example, trying to get into the safe, mm -hmm. but you're dealing with stuff like that while you're still in the mourning process. Yes, and so when you have those things in place mm -hmm. in advance of someone, and there, there's no way that you can possibly nail everything down, mm -hmm. but the closest you can be to prepared saves your family from having to do those things when right. you're gone and that's mm -hmm. why it's a love letter mm -hmm. because it's this act of love to go through all that planning for them right so that they don't have to do it because we've had our ups and downs like we just i'll just 
spontaneously burst into tears. Like I'll be in my, yeah. my closet or something and I'm like, God, I can't call dad. Yeah. You know, and so it's really hard. And while you're grieving, you don't also want to be dealing with the stress with, of all of that. Right. And so the more lined out you can have everything. Nobody mm. ever wants to talk about it because yeah. it's the doom and the gloom and it's nobody wants to think about that yeah. stuff. But if you don't your family's going to pay for it later. Yeah. So do it now because it's it's the ultimate act of love. Right. Grab a bottle of wine. Sit down with your spouse at the table. Fill out the friggin' checklist, mm-hmm. right? And then go back and update it every year or two. Yeah, you know, y'all know I'm immature, but Erica's right. Those are things that we we should do. Um, you know, I have t- I I'm 39 and have two younger siblings. They are 23 and 24, mm-hmm. and it was so funny because um, cancer runs really really bad in our family. Um, so my mom kind of had things prepared. And, well, that was rude. I know. Um, so um, she was telling me that my younger brother has already been instructed that you're going to have to do certain things. And, you know, she told him, this is why. Your sister's going to be a wreck. You know, she's not going to be able to handle anything. I And she's right. I will probably be high on Xanax, uh, weed, drunk. <laughs> you know, I just, I cannot deal with things you like, like that at ba- all. like to bury all the emotions. I, I can't do that at all. I, I mean, he knows. And he's been in, given instructions from my mom as well. That's what she has me for. I can dissociate, get a yeah. job done, and then come back and do it. And I can't. I, 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 I'm going to feel it. I'm going to mm-hmm. allow myself to feel it, break down, you know, be on the floor snot crying and... Yeah, just like in life, I don't handle any of the real business stuff. <laughs> you know, it's 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 James who does it. So it is important for people to know, you know, what they need to do in because we're all gonna die. Well, you know, I was sitting there, like when we were planning Dad's funeral and stuff. I was like looking at like all of his old meds, and I was like, oh, I could take some of that for the funeral, and then it wouldn't be that bad. But then I realized it's my dad's funeral, and like I need to feel. I need to feel the feelings like I need to feel all the emotions and like mm-hmm. all the stress of it because it's part it's of process. life and it, yeah, yeah it's a process and it's so, gonna catch up with you eventually anyway yeah no matter what and so um so for me even like I could have taken something but I um, have opted <laughs> I know you would have you would have been like I'll take that bottle yeah. and no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no but I you know, for me it was just you know I, I needed to go through those because they're Although their hard emotions are healthy mm-hmm. and it's, you know, it's healthy to feel them. If we don't feel them, then there's something wrong with us. So before we end this segment, let yeah. me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. So clearly you could teach me about finances, especially budgeting um, and investing, right? What do you think I could teach you? You could teach me how to be shameless. So I was, so I was trying to explain, like Tim, I was trying to explain to my sister on the way here, and we, we were, I showed her one of your episodes. We watched the JJ episode. Oh God, damn that boy's still talking. I, he talked his, his mouth should have been tired. He's when hilarious. he went home. Oh my God. He's real funny. <laughs> so we were on our way over here and I was, I was like, God, Keisha could have like her own show on a, like on a, like a, like a, like some channel, some big Bravo. syndicated thing e. because, because, <laughs> because your personality is just amazing. And I've told Aww, you that. Well, thank, can and you tell them all again? It, her personality is just amazing. Can you say Charlotte Holman? That's my mom. Tell her directly. Miss Charlotte Holman, your daughter is amazing. 
So. I keep trying to tell her I have, and she keeps not believing me. <laughs> but I mean, I just think that you, to me, at least from the outside looking in, it seems like you're always holding it together. Like you're always wheeling and dealing. You got so many things going on. And then you always take time to like check on people, oh, you know. I'll try. You, you have even, to. You had me come in here for a cry, like you know, it's your good friend. Yeah, thank you. You're just life. a good friend. Yeah, I, I try to keep it all together. I only certain people will see me break down. Yeah, and I only give myself a day. Mm-hmm. Like literally, that is it. Like he knows, I give myself one day. I'm gonna cocoon myself in bed. I'm gonna eat like a three year old diabetic fat kid and. Then the next day you got to get back up and you know life well goes on. if think if you're like me then if if you're not getting shit done then shit's not getting done right so that's yeah. kind of how i feel about it but i think for me the thing that i can learn the most from you is just like be happy and shameless about it i think that you and i should host something together where we have women come in and you can talk to them mm-hmm. about this stuff because it's important and trust and believe i'm not the only little household walking around here who don't know shit about anything going on in our uh, household. Like, if someone said, hey, I'll give you a million dollars if you tell me what's in your bank account, I'm like, well, goddamn. Ricky, no it's idea. called being a lady of leisure. Oh, is that what it is? Yes, not a household. <laughs> I like, household just sounds so much better. You know, you know what I mean? Like, And it's so much technically more technically accurate. Yeah, yeah, I'm a household. You know what I mean? And, I mean, y'all could do something like uh, how to be fabulous on a dime. Or yeah, to, this is, you know, I mean. How to sequence mm-hmm. your you know, needs. I think it's important. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, people, women would relate to you a lot better and feel comfortable talking to you about it. Uh, You know, because you're young, you're cute. And usually when someone, when I think about a financial advisor, I think about like an 89 year old Jewish man with a comb over and he's got like hair on his nose Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And his breath smells like garlic. Mm -hmm. That's what I think. But you, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of women would listen. Well, so in in our industry, there's a massive gap in age. Mm -hmm. There are a whole lot of people that are a lot older than me. My gray hair blends well, so it Mm -hmm. doesn't, but you know. She doesn't have gray hair. But she dyes her own hair. No, I don't dye my hair at all. Oh, you don't? No. Oh, well, you don't need to. Mm, no. Oh, she looks good. Her <laughs> hair looks real good. Thanks. But no, there's there's a huge age gap in mm-hmm. the people that are out there to give advice. And when I first started working, I started at Merrill, you know, before I had mm-hmm. my own firm. And there were some people that were walking around still giving advice and like they had liver spots and stuff, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> when are these people going to retire or are they not? No, they're not. They're <laughs> no. just going to die at their desk or something like that, I guess. But it's, you can't, I mean, it's hard. It's, you know, this is such a hard topic. And if you're talking to someone who you feel they don't understand me, I can't relate to them. They're not going to do it. They're not going to follow through, you know? Well, and on top of that, there's a lot of talk about women empowerment, women yeah. independence, all that. You know, no matter how hard you're hustling, if you can't do what Erica just talked about, you're not truly independent. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it is it is true. And, and I'm honest about that. And I'll, I'm like, look, yes, I can do all these things because I have a good partner mm-hmm. that keeps me. Well, he don't keep me in line. That would be a complete and total lie. Um, he's he a bookkeeper. Is, is that a better way to describe you? Um, I mean, a, an assistant. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's a butler. Than, that's good. A maid. <laughs> I'll take a maid. That's exactly. Okay. I am the Alfred to your Batman. 
Yes, that is exactly it. Yes. So, you know, but these are things that I should be able to know. And these are things that I want my kid to know as well, Uh Uh, because it's our job as parents are to prepare our children to live in this world without us. Well, and that's the thing in the absence of schools doing it, parents really have to jump in there. I I just wish schools would do it because some kids don't have that support from their parents. Mm -hmm. And um, but yeah, absolutely. Get the kids involved. I think we can we can make money off of this, Erica. Let's do it. I, I see. I've already learned. Look, I'm trying to figure out a way to capitalize on her talent mm-hmm. and make money for myself as well. Mm-hmm. So That's she make we- so she makes it. You spend it. That Basically. seems to be the model yep. yes. you live under. Yeah. yeah, I think if we had like a workshop and we charge people, I could probably get a new Louis afterwards. I'll probably I'll probably just make her pay me in dresses from the shop. That'll work too. <laughs> yeah, All right, when we get back, Erica is going to tell us how we can contact her, ask her questions about her business, and then I'm going to award the Bitch Please of the Week. We'll be right back. Sassy Class Boutique is the hot spot for your fashion, beauty, and home decor desires. We celebrate women of all shapes and sizes with our trendy collection of regular and plus size clothing. Looking for the right accessories? We have upcycled Louis Vuitton handbags, vegan purses, and jewelry to add sass to your class. We also offer health and beauty products from salon quality hair care to cruelty free makeup. Our edgy home decor items will make you the envy of all of your neighbors. Sassy Class Boutique also offers custom items like shirts, hats, and other gifts for any occasion. All of our vendors are female-owned small businesses, and together we are Sassy Class Boutique. Located at 3709 Fatter Drive in Dickinson, Texas, 77539. Or shop anytime with us at www.sassyclassboutique.com. Alrighty, so Erica, it has been a pleasure. I have learned some things. Um, don't ask me tomorrow exactly what we talked about because you know it, it will all be forgotten. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, let people know how they can contact you. Um, you know, because I don't think people really think I need a financial advisor. You know what I'm saying? Right. And a lot of people do. Um, so tell them how they can find you. If you want them to stalk you on social media, you can give that out as well. Um, and how they can book an appointment with you and all that good stuff. Okay. So you can find me on Facebook, Erica Lee Jensen or Respire Wealth Management. That's R-E-S-P-I-R-E Wealth Management or RespireWealth.com. And I'm on Twitter as Akaloo, A-U-K-A-L-O-U. Is that you? That's me. I was like, who is that name? Look, what person is that? I'm like, it's me. okay, yeah. what the hell does Akaloo mean? Akaloo was what my dad started calling me when I was little. Jordan, my sister, sitting offset, couldn't say Erica. She said Aka. That's how so many people have their nicknames. Mm-hmm. It's because of a little knucklehead sibling that couldn't pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, my Aunt Martha... Mm-hmm. It's Marty to us because my mom, who was a year older, could not say Martha. Yeah. So, okay, so now I know exactly who that is. Yep. I'm like, who is this? I'm like, yeah, okay, who's this I like person on Twitter? <laughs> That's me. <laughs> so if someone wanted to book an appointment with you or if they wanted to email you and ask you a question. Just email info at respirewealth.com or give me a call at 832 832- Nine one five zero five seven five, or you can contact me and I can get you in contact with Erica. But I made thirty percent off of whatever deal you guys have going on. I just I think <laughs> that's only fair, right? Sure. You should be proud of me. I am figuring out ways to make money 
doing the least amount of work possible. We should just get you licensed to make you a financial advisor. And you know what the fucked up thing is? I could probably pass the test. <laughs> you probably could. <laughs> but like, I got could. a certificate right here. Okay, so you guys know what time it is. It is time for a Bitch Please. Bitch Please. You be rolling down the street telling stories. Bitch, you never tell the truth. Bitch, please. Everybody know you lying, bitch, cause all you do is lie. Alrighty, so Erica and her sister don't don't know any of the teen mom girls from MTV mm-hmm. because they are living life right. <laughs> it's a good clean living. She's she's reading Forbes magazine and <laughs> I'm still over here reading Teen Bop and watching MTV reality shows and shit like that. Okay, so we all know this bitch Janelle Evans. Okay, so let me just recap really, really quickly. She started off on 16 and pregnant. This is for you, Erica. Okay. She started off on 16 and pregnant. Uh, She had a kid. It was a horrible mom. Her mom got custody of that kid. So, of course, she has to get pregnant twice, two more times by Two different guys. So what was it? What was it? Two months ago? This has been going on for like two or three months. Her husband, David, who is like, I wish that a pack of hyenas would just eat him alive. He is a despicable person. He is just, he's stupid, stupid, stupid. So anyway, um, he shot their family dog, which that dog was a French poodle. I know, right? Because he said it nipped at their two-year-old. Um, so he went and, well, he beat the dog first, and then he went and shot the dog. So CPS got involved. All the kids were taken away, and um, they were each given, like, temporary custody to other family members and things like that. And for sure, we did not think, just because of all the violence that has gone on, I think it was back in December, Janelle uh, made a 911 phone call because... David had beat her. She thought she had broken a collarbone. I think there have been like eight 911 calls just in 2019 from their residents. So, um, you know, they've been going to court. They could only have like visitations. Um, I don't know if they have to go to like a visitation center or something like that. Um, but the, the majority of the kids didn't want to go back. But for some fucking reason, out of the blue, the judge dropped everything and they got custody back of all the kids. Okay. Um, rumor has it is that Janelle's attorney is related to the judge because that has to be the only way that they were given these kids. I mean, she lost her job at MTV because, um, you know, just, just been a bad history. Her husband was making homophobic tweets. So they kicked him off the show. But then after this last incident, they were like, you know, what? we have to sever ties with you guys. But here is where the bitch, please, Homes. They got their kids back. But then you know what else they did, Producer James? They got two new dogs. No. Yes. Is wait, is the boyfriend the still husband? In, the husband is yes. he still in the house? Yes, he is. They got two new dogs. Didn't she say like that was a publicity stunt? She tried like to lie. It was not a publicity stunt. You know, she was up. Of course, she took to social media to talk about how distraught she was about the dog. And now she's just, oh, it was just a publicity stunt. No, it wasn't, bitch. You lost your job. So, no, it wasn't a publicity stunt. But how is it that they were able to not only get their kids back, but to get dogs again? Like, isn't there, like, a law that 
you can't ever own anything that other than a goldfish? Yeah, that shouldn't be allowed. What did su what? sushi say about it? Oh, now you know sushi. Okay. You, first of all, he's trying to get his own Facebook page. Okay. That shit's not going to happen. Uh, yesterday, you know, we help out with uh, the Bayou Animal Shelter. Yes. And they named a kitten after him, Sushi. Mm -hmm. So that kitten got adopted yesterday. Oh, good. So when I got home, I said, Sushi, your namesake got adopted. This is so great. He told me, hey, bitch, since I'm a celebrity now and you ain't nothing, take a picture of me in the sunlight. Because it was because of me <laughs> that this kitten got adopted. <laughs> they owe everything to me. Uh -huh. That is sushi. He, yeah. He's, 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 I don't know how to describe him. Yeah, they named that cat uh, after sushi. sushi. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was named Bad Motherfucker after sushi. That's what sushi said his name was. He hates on my baby. You know, he just, he's jealous. You Your know? baby hates me. Because he's, he's blessed with good looks and charm and a per perfect physique, you know. Sorry, Producer James. Not everyone can be like that. He's a chunky old toy poodle don't even come home tonight like they're not allowed to ever tell him that he's short nor that he has put on weight like i will fight people if they say that about sushi like no he's perfection so i can't believe this woman though that's yeah I, I delusional delusional and you know what she's one of those microwave bitches they want everything fast and easy yeah, and well, look where it gets you so. at. You know what I'm saying? So I really hope that uh, whatever animal control that is in that area checks on them quite often. I feel sorry for the dogs. Why is it that I feel more sorry for the dogs than I do the kids? I just do. I don't know why. It's I, all fucked yeah. up, though. Yeah, I think the kids have a pretty bad shot at life to begin with. Janelle's so. their mom. Yeah, you probably yeah. get more out of the dogs than you will. The I, kids. I have more hope for the dogs. I really, really do. Well, but also the husband didn't shoot a kid. He shot a dog. Like he, you know, he shot he, he shot a dog supposedly trying to protect the kid, which you know, it, it was a one-year-old French bulldog. Yeah, either way, he did it, and he, I just, it's that. That's I, under, just I the understand world they shouldn't be able to have animals. No, mm -hmm. maybe mm -hmm. a goldfish. I don't know. I, I don't even think they're ready for that yet. Mm -hmm. I think they needed to do like 10 years without any animals at all. And they have to pass a test or something like that in order to get another one. So that is why I don't even know if it, are we giving the bitch please to Janelle or that little fucking town that the they're judge, from. The, the judge. judge the yes. Judge. All about, of it. It's just, it's horrible. How about all of MTV for it ever being a show? Because y'all created that goddamn monster right there. Yep. All right, you guys have a great week. We will see you next Wednesday, unless producer James lets me have a day off. Have a great evening, folks. <laughs>